Hello and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Souls Bared. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. And welcome back from our hiatus. We took the month of April off because of a lot of things. Uh, one, Jill was graduating college. Yes. So exciting. <laughs> How does it feel to finally graduate, Jill? I feel no different. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know I've said it, I know I've told you before, but yeah. when I finished my last class, because I had already walked, so I had like finished, because I, I officially graduated in August. Yeah. And when I walked out of my last class after giving my presentation, I was just like, I guess I'm done with school for the rest of my life. Yeah, like literally I, and I didn't attend my graduation. I just didn't feel like going. And I kind of like, part of me regrets it, but then a bigger part of me is like, not at all. Um, You're like, it's a pandemic. We didn't need to be all together. Like, I'm like, I'm not a fan of this. Um, The only reason I regret it is because I would have been in the ceremony with two of my friends. So like, that kind of makes me sad. But yeah, other than that, it's fine. Um, But like, but yeah, like I feel no different. And I think it's because I didn't attend graduation that I don't really feel any different, but yeah. Yeah, so Jill graduated. I had a lot of stuff going on at work. Like the month of April was insane for me. Jill can testify to that. Uh, the amount of just very hectic <laughs> I got a lot Snapchats. Of Snapchats of Katie like having panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Um, Jill and I both got vaccinated which is great. Almost fully vaccinated. I get my last, my second dose in two days. So when, this, many goes weeks live, be- when this goes live, I will be fully vaccinated. How many weeks did they put between yours? Mm, three. Mine was three too, but you got yours before mine. I don't before know, maybe me. It was four. Maybe it was four weeks. But it's because the CVS where I'm getting vaccinated is like their appointments are like a mess. So like, mm. It just got pushed a little bit, which is fine. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'll fully, be fully vaccinated. vaccinated by the time I go to um, Florida in June. So that's all I was trying to do. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I was trying to get there. Yeah, I got my second dose. I luckily for me, I didn't experience many side effects. The first one, absolutely none, except for a sore arm. The second dose for me, I was a little run down the second day, and then I took um, Tylenol and was fine. I'm like, I had no side effects other than my arm being sore with the first one, but I have this like gut feeling that Tuesday through Thursday, I'm going to be knocked on my ass. So I'm like, I'm currently packing up my entire apartment right now. And so I'm like trying to get as much done tonight and tomorrow as I can just in case. Yeah. (laughs) Because my parents get here Friday to help me move out. So (laughs) crossing my fingers that everything gets done. But what else happened in the month of April? I had a birthday in the month of April. (laughs) I had a birthday. I had a you did. panic about that. I always have panics about my birthday. It was funny. The day of my birthday, I was like sitting on the couch watching the Dodger game, which they lost that day. They've lost most, most games in April. Yankees can't relate. We're undefeated, bitch. <laughs> but I was sitting on the couch and my Apple Watch just like gave a notification and it was like, you have tickets to Hamilton in half an hour. And I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. (laughs) My favorite thing is like, I was planning on texting you at midnight my time because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be up at 3 a.m. to text Katie happy birthday because I text all my friends at midnight on their birthday. And some of my friends like I'll FaceTime at midnight and also text them because I'm a psychopath and I love birthdays. And but for some reason, I was wide the fuck awake at 3 (laughs) a.m. I was gonna say I did get I was gonna say you did text me at midnight my time I'm not kidding I was expecting I was expecting midnight your time because I think you did that last year 
Yeah, which is always weird getting texts from people at like 9 p.m. before your birthday. (laughs) Jesus, are you okay? (laughs) Just whacking your windscreen. It's fine. Yeah, it's always weird to get texts at like 9 p.m. the day before your birthday. You're just like, (laughs) yeah, cute. It's like, did you think that? I had even had an alarm at 11.58 p.m. my time to text you. And it went off and I was like, I'm still awake. And then I fell asleep for 10 minutes and missed it. So I was like, and then I woke back up. I was like, I'll just stay up until 3 a.m. That's fine. I was getting texts from you and my friend Nicole the day, uh, like at midnight, my time. My friend Jesse, who is one of my dearest, dearest friends, he texted me like two days late and he goes, how did I forget? And I'm like, Jesse, we've literally been talking about it for forever. And he like made some Instagram <laughs> posts for me. And I was like, not girl boss forgetting. Not girl boss being a full, <laughs> I was like, not girl boss being a full day and a half late. <laughs> we, cause we, that's how we answer the phone. I'm like, hey girl boss. That's how Evan and I start talking to each other. She's like, she'll call me girly pop. And I'm like, girl boss, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Jesse, how did you forget? Literally. <laughs> he, granted, I he doesn't listen to this. I don't know his birthday. It's July. It's the end of July. It's like July twenty, sometime between like the twenty fourth through the twenty eighth. It could be any of those days. One of my best friends since like middle school. Her birthday is July 29th. But the amount of times that I will text her on July twenty seventh. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody such an idiot. I had somebody text me on July 21st or not July, April 21st and be like, happy birthday. And I was like, I was, I just let it go. I was like, thanks. I was was like, I'm not going to bother. And then she texted later and she goes, I honestly thought today was Thursday. I thought today was tomorrow. And then she texted me on the day of the 22nd. And she goes, I am so sorry. Happy actual birthday. For my birthday, my favorite thing is people not reading, like, my captions on Instagram and Facebook because I, like, posted, I did a photo shoot with, like, cake and everything the week of my birthday, but not the day of my birthday. So it was, like, three or four days before my birthday. And because that's when we were celebrating because that was the weekend because my birthday was on, like, a Tuesday. And I was getting messages and stuff from family members that I don't really talk to anymore. So it was very weird. And they were like, oh my God, happy birthday. Like all this other stuff. And I'm like, how do you not know? My sister's birthday is the day before mine. Has she posted yet? Like, yeah. hello. Which is like, that's the thing <laughs> is my family should know better because they all worship my sister. So a lot of stuff happened in the month of April. Um, I made the a- worst time to take a hiatus. I'm going to say that right now. But the thing is, I feel like at the end of the last podcast, you and I said, I feel like a lot is going to happen next month. We did, yeah. I was like, I feel like a lot of shit's going to happen next month. And, and we were right. We were right. <laughs> we were right. <laughs> um, so I started a list in my notes that is just titled, In the Hiatus. Um, and the first note I have is the first NYC pops up in a theater and I think it was, it was St. James, right? Mm -hmm. And it was with Savion Glover and Nathan Lane, fun little performance. The first time like Broadway theaters have had some sort of an audience in the past year. there's been like two or three since that have been in a theater, which is really great. So yeah, there's, um, it's, it's. It's a lot. Like it's, yeah. it, we are starting to see things move yes. in the right direction. Yes, it's so exciting. 
Um, the next thing I have in here is the closure of the LA Stage Alliance. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk on this a little bit because um, LA theater is home for me. I go to a lot of LA theater. Um, I, I've, you know, it's where I got a lot of my first exposure to theater was LA theaters and these yeah. regional theaters that mean so much to me and really mean a lot to the LA community. Yeah. So Los Angeles, we are blessed to have a ton of theater organizations, a yeah. ton. A lot of them are very small. Some of them are large. So there was, and I'm, I probably am not going to get every single last detail right, but there was the, the catalyst of the closure of the LA Stage Alliance. They host a yearly award show called the Ovation Awards. And during the Ovation Awards, during one of the categories, they not only mispronounced an Asian woman's name, they put up the wrong photo of her and put up a photo of her co-star. Yep. Not okay to do. Yep. Not not an okay thing to do. Her name is Julie Lee. And when the Ovation Awards, uh, she so she is um, an LA actress, right? So when she was watching the broadcast, she noticed that her picture was not put up for her name. Not only that, her name was mispronounced. A fellow... Uh, and in addition to that, first of all, unacceptable Yeah. on every level, like yeah. the fact that they didn't have that. When, when I graduated college, they asked me for the pronunciation of my name and I've got a very yeah. white name, yeah, you know, like when I walked across the stage. Like my friends, like they were contacted, like my friends that were attending graduation were like contacted and like they had a Zoom call with the person who would be like, announcing everyone's names and actually my friend he said that like his even was mispronounced and I was like embarrassed like it's so embarrassing but yeah so so these are things that need to happen like people's names should be pronounced correctly I think it's very great so tangent um Hassan Minhaj he was talking about there there's a I don't like Ellen DeGeneres, but this was an interview of him on Ellen and he corrects her on her name. And they spend like most of the interview talking about the fact that, you know, he decided that I want my name pronounced correctly. Cause a lot of people would call him Hassan Minaj. He's like, that's not how it's pronounced. Yeah. So this happened. And then not only that, but the, the show that she was in Hannah and the Dread Gazebo. It was a co-presentation with East West Players and the Fountain Theater. And for some reason, the LA Stage Alliance completely left off East West Players and made it just say from Fountain Theater, even though it was very clear, very evident. I think a similar thing happened with The Great Leap which was a co-presentation with um, the Pasadena Playhouse. So all of these things are happening. 
and the East West Players, which is a, it is an Asian theater company. It's an Asian, Asian theater organization mm-hmm. who have put on things like, I saw, so I've seen the show Allegiance at their theater with George yeah. Takei, which it was oh. a great, it was a great production. They put on yeah. shows. I remember a couple years ago, they put on Next to Normal there. They put on fantastic shows. And so East West players said, we're out because we, let me read you the very full thing. At last night's Ovation Awards, a ceremony meant to celebrate all of the Los Angeles theater community after Julie Lee's name was mispronounced. And while recognizing Julie as a nominee, the Ovation Award producers used a photo of a fellow cast member, Monica Hong in her place. Mispronouncing our names combined with the sentiment that all Asians look alike is not new. However, it particularly stings when the evening is supposed to be about raising the visibility of LA theater's community, LA's theater community, and celebrating our artists. It's not hard to Google Julie's name and come up with hundreds of photos of her with her signature grace, poise, and good humor all facing forward. She is a well-established actor, producer, and director, and should be held in that regard. We are deeply disappointed by this, though we are not surprised. Despite the fact that Jihei Park's Hannah and the Dread Gazebo, the production that Julie starred in, was a partnership between East West Players and the Fountain Theater, East West Players was not at all mentioned throughout the ceremony. We are also not mentioned in any of the nomination for Lauren Yee's The Great Leap, which was explicitly labeled as a co-production between East West Players and the Pasadena Playhouse. When we say co-production, we mean it. Co-production to us means that both theater companies produce the piece together and are equally involved. What the Ovation Awards cannot be bothered to do is understand that the community and coalition building happens through these partnerships. They have stood behind an embarrassingly outdated policy of only recognizing one theater per production, a patently false assertion and an exclusionary situation that they have set us up or that they have set up. Every time East West Players co-produces in an effort to bring Asian American actors more visibility in LA theaters, the other predominantly white organization is solely lifted and uplifted. This is what erasure of our work and our community looks like. To the Ovation Awards and the LA Stage Alliance, we do not exist, nor does our artistic voice matter. Our craft and our artistic community is secondary to the predominantly white institutions and can be swiftly ignored and forgotten. This policy of refusing to recognize co-productions particularly affects LA theaters of color. We are theaters that represent communities who have already been disproportionately marginalized. In fact, they may not see it as a problem that not one theater of color was mentioned or named last night. LA is home to over eight nationally recognized professional theaters of color, from the Roby Theater to the Latino Theater Company to Native Voices at the Autry. You cannot tell me in 34 categories with hundreds of nominees that that not one thing these eight esteemed companies produce was worthy of a nomination. Yet somehow we continue to be overlooked for our efforts by a colonialist white supremacist lens of excellence. The Ovation Awards are set up to recognize white excellence if we are being brutally honest. East West Players has flourished for 55 years. We are the longest running theater of color in the country. 
We have made our own path for ourselves and our incredible artists. Though we are exhausted from years of microaggressions and racism, both in our field and in our daily lives, we proudly tell our stories and make sure that the Asian American community is visible and accurately represented. We cannot say that we have the same faith in the LA Stage Alliance or the Ovation Awards. At this time, we are revoking our membership to the LA Stage Alliance. We encourage our colleagues who frequently release statements that they support communities of color, stand in solidarity with us and take the same step. It is imperative we do this until the LA Stage Alliance can transparently demonstrate their commitment to the recognizing and providing visibility for all of us in the LA theater community. So that was the statement that LA Stage Alliance put out. And like and, while that was all happening, it was so funny because like every time I got on like Facebook or something, like for like weeks straight, it was like every single time I got on Facebook, it was like another theater has dropped from like like it's like it's it was crazy. So I started seeing it because I saw um, Center Theater Group had released a statement saying that they were going to um, revoke their membership as well. Pathing to Playhouse did it. The Geffen, uh, I think the Wallace did. So all of these started revoking their membership all the ones that I was like following and I was like oh my gosh this is this is gonna like hopefully do something and then like a week later the LA Stage Alliance announced that they were shutting down yeah so you know fair if that is how it needs to happen it needs to happen happen. and that's how I feel right now about so many things like I'm like if that's what needs to happen that's what needs to happen Mm -hmm. that's how I'm feeling about so many things right now and so it's just I think that that was the best option given the circumstances and I think that it'll give the time and the energy like it'll create the time and the energy to focus on what needs to be focused on yeah you know maybe in LA so absolutely and so I I truly implore anybody who when when um you know, traveling can happen safely when theater can reopen. If you are in Los Angeles, definitely check out any of these theaters of color in Los Angeles. There are eight, um, but especially East West players because even their space is really, really cute. Yeah. Um, I I love their theater. It's it's a it's it's a very intimate theater. It's I. I loved it when I was there. I'm going to try and get to get out to California sometime this year, maybe. Katie's <gasps> there and my friend Connor is moving there soon. So, so exciting. But yeah, Jill, when you come, absolutely, you know you and I are going to go see shows because yeah. things are starting to open. And Katie's going to be my Instagram photographer. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, and I've talked about it on here. You guys have obviously already heard me talk about it a million times. I love LA theater. Um, there are um, so many organizations here, so many tiny little organizations that I love and they produce great works. And I, I think that we should definitely be giving more forethought to regional theater. Los Angeles is one of the most diverse cities in the world. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there are only eight theaters of color is ridiculous like, to me. Yeah, that's like insane. Like I stand by this. I think that with, I think regional theater is gonna have a huge boom and I'm excited for it. Like I'm so ready for it. 
Um, and I think that that's something that needs to happen because I think that regional theater, and this could be wrong, I could just be like making an assumption and like sounding like a complete idiot, but I think that regional theater is going to take the time and take like different regional theater companies are going to take the time and the energy that they need to to work within themselves to make the changes that need to happen in the theater industry as a whole and i think that they're going to do it in ways that are going to be way better and way more helpful than a lot of like than like broadway and like major theater companies I certainly hope so, because as you and I have talked about here, we love regional theater. Um, I, I do hope it, the, the issues that happen on Broadway aren't exclusive to just Broadway. No, they're absolutely not. They're exclusive to the theater industry as a whole. Like it's just, it's the theater industry. But it's, it's it's the entertainment industry. It's the entertainment industry. Like it's like there's. Well, it's capitalism. Yeah. It's It's all industries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm like, let's, let's not beat around the bush. It's every industry. It's, it's everything. It's everything. Um, it's just, it's something that I'm glad is being brought to the front of conversations now. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm like ready for whatever happened. Like I'm very much ready. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that, that we should all be supporting our regional theaters they're the backbone of the of american theater um community theater too absolutely community theater as well um i I, as much i always feel like such a big hypocrite because i'm always here talking about how much i love regional theater how much i love nonprofit theaters and yet i'm still the person who wants to move to new york work in an off-broadway house that's the thing is like it's still, I mean, you can still put in the work in New York and still like travel. Cause I mean, there's so many regional theaters on the East coast that are like within out, like a few hours, like a day's trip from the city. So. Absolutely. And, and Chicago, Chicago yeah. has such great theater. Amazing theater yeah. I like, if you guys don't follow Broadway Bob on TikTok, oh my God, he'll talk about some of the, yeah. like he used to, um, write reviews he used to be a critic for he would like freelance for I think the Huffington Post I could be wrong about that but I think it was Huff Post and he has talked about I wonder if we can one day get him on he has talked about some of the like most wild things he's seen in Chicago theater and I I'm just sitting here he talks about like a lot of immersive stuff and I'm like "Mm, I want that um yeah we need to like hype regional theater up more yes always what's next on the list katie next on my list is and i forgot about this uh the yang arts plan to buy broadway tickets okay here i want to say this right now i want to say this right here right now andrew yang former democratic uh presidential candidate who uh crowd surfed at my place of work (laughs) if you haven't seen the video look at the aapi yeah. my former place of work uh there he crowd surfed in the yeah. theater and i was just i saw the pictures the videos the next day i was like oh my god um <laughs> so andrew yang was fine when he was running for president i you know like he was in my top three however um running in a place where you've never voted in <laughs> bothers me 
Um, and there's a lot of things with his policies that I don't think people are paying enough attention to. Um, and I think that we all should be focusing our attention on Miss Queen Diane, um, who's running because she's amazing. I found out about her last year, like last like February through TikTok. Like she came up on my For You page and I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. And she's running, she's amazing. So if you live in New York area, look into her because she is phenomenal. Love her. If I was living in New York, I would vote for her. So. <laughs> that's that's my two cents on Andrew Yang. but I appreciate so, the stuff that he has been saying about like reopening he's definitely I think I'm again I could be completely wrong he mm-hmm. mentioned something about wanting to buy up um or wanting like New York City to buy large quantities of Broadway tickets this is from Deadline Andrew Yang proposes public-private Broadway ticket rescue plan and pilot for streaming theater productions. <laughs> NYC mayoral candidate Andrew Yang released a sweeping arts revival proposal today that would include the use of city funds and corporate commitments to purchase hundreds of thousands of Broadway and off-Broadway tickets at reduced prices to bring people back into theater seats and stimulate economic growth. First of all, I think that's something that should be done anyway. I agree. If we I want agree. to bring audiences back into a theater once it is safe to do so that is what needs to be done i i I was always very curious how broadway is going to return are we going to return at we still don't really know we still don't know is it gonna are they going to lower ticket prices to incentivize audiences to return to theater are you going to raise ticket prices to make up for lost revenue or are you going to keep it the complete same and just hope it all comes out in the wash. I think that a lot of shows are going to lower their ticket prices. That's what I hope. But with but do other things to supplement what they could be losing. You know what I mean? Like I think that like they may push like oh merch, they may put more stuff online and have like more 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 ways to like purchase other things for like through the show online and like Instagram and that kind of thing and then really double down on like social media marketing to boost their revenue yeah um and stuff that way which I think I think that's the best way to do it but the administration will negotiate with shows to purchase blocks of hundreds of thousands of tickets at reduced prices to Broadway theaters off-Broadway and other cultural venues Yang's proposal states it will commit to buying a portion of tickets with funding from the mayor's fund and will seek commitments from the private sector to match these purchases. The corporations, Yang cites a sort of wish list of JP Morgan, Deloitte, PwC, and Ernst & Young, would keep a portion of the tickets for themselves while donating the majority of the other tickets to nonprofit organizations around the city, starting with those that support essential workers and first responders. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm glad. I, I think that that's something that should happen. Yeah, I do too. I think. But again, I'm going to say this. Look into everyone's policies before you. Absolutely. Go. This is just one policy. And again, policies are things that they propose. Doesn't necessarily mean that they can and will happen. So always keep that in mind as much as you Do you think that this is happen. something that may I think it very it well should could. happen regardless because I, Broadway brings so much money they bring into more money than any sports or entertainment or anything else in the entire freaking state. Like 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just going to ignore that fact. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Broadway has, is one of the largest money making industries in the world. Theater yeah. is also, I mean, theater in general, yeah. but it's wild. Yep. So anyways, anyway, so that's Yang's art revival plan thing. Okay. And the big one the Scott Rudin Hollywood and I want to say this the Hollywood Reporter article I want to say this really really quickly about this situation because I've been saying for the last few years that Scott Rudin is not a man that we need in the industry ever and that's because there was an article that came out 10 years ago that basically states the same things as the article that came out a couple months ago just different people saying it um I think the one from 10 years ago was also the Hollywood Reporter um and I think pretty much everyone that said anything was anonymous so it was a lot different than the one that just came out but I uh, this whole situation like makes my stomach hurt like it gives me so much anxiety and it stresses me out so much um which I guess is like a good thing like I shouldn't feel good about talking about like something like a situation like this like I'm I should have anxiety about something like this um he is an absolute monster he is one of the most evil men and i stand by that (laughs) to walk this earth he is an absolute garbage human being he has hurt people physically he has hurt people emotionally to the point of where they cannot work in the entertainment industry anymore because they're scarred and they have ptsd um he not exclusively but he someone that worked for him, a couple people that worked for him have killed themselves. Um, and the people in their lives were like, he's not the exclusive reason why, but he didn't help at all. Um, he's put people in hospitals. He has pushed people out of moving vehicles. And this has been happening for decades. That needs to be said, right? This has been happening for decades. This is not some new reckoning that's going on. This is something that should have been talked about for the last 20 years and hasn't been because people have been so scared to come forward, rightfully so. I don't blame them at all. I don't think if you feel uncomfortable talking about something like that, you shouldn't have to because everyone has different comfort levels of what they're okay coming forward with and talking about. And I want that to be said exclusively right now, because that's something that Katie and I have been having a lot of conversations about surrounding this stuff. And it's something you don't know what trauma a person has caused. And And everyone copes differently. Everyone has- And not everybody is ready to talk about their traumas. Exactly. So people who have been in Rudin shows who might not be talking about them- might not be for a number of reasons. And one of those reasons, he's not releasing anyone from their NDAs. That is yes. something that can literally blacklist you in the industry if you go against an NDA. So please understand that if people aren't talking, it could be because they don't want to lose their livelihoods. They don't want to mm-hmm. lose the ability to pay their bills because And I am so sick of the shaming that's been happening. I'm so sick of the outright just like hypocrisy of things that have been happening and the things that people have been saying. It has been driving me insane. Like I have cried to Katie over like, like I've FaceTimed her and like just absolutely 
lost my mind because I feel like there's so much hatred happening that doesn't need to be happening. It's unnecessary. I think that these are conversations that can be had very differently than what's been going on. And it's really, really bothers me. Like it is something that genuinely bothers me to my core. I cannot stand the shaming that's been going on. And I think because Audrey McDonald said it the best that I could Audrey McDonald and then um hold on, let me pull this up. Who was it that tweeted it? I've like reposted so many things of people like talking about stuff. Oh my god, sorry. I just got very distracted by Liam Hemsworth's face. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um Kimberly Marable Mar Marable. I'm not sure how to say it her last name, but she tweeted and I saw this on um Instagram that she tweeted it's like seven different tweets. So she said a word about the work, a thread. The act of dismantling oppressive systems looks different for everyone. The change can be swift or incremental and people find their way in their own time. Some people hit the streets, others hit the backroom Zoom meetings. Some people write letters, others quit their jobs or go on other forms of boycott slash strike to get people's attention. Some people amplify the words, post action items to spread the info to their circles. Others do research to ensure their work is intentioned and well-informed. Some people run for office, others vote in or ask tough questions. Some people make social media posts to speak out and share their efforts or experiences to inspire the masses to do the same. Others work in silence, only sharing if asked. Some people cook or lead meditations so that joy and self-care serve as acts of defiance in the face of trauma. Some people tune out because they just can't do it right now and self-preservation makes them stronger for the next battle. I operate from many of these spaces and on any given day the way may the way may change. There's room for all the methods and all the methods are necessary for us to achieve the common goal. The idea of the right way of fighting feeds into those very oppressive systems we seek to fight. They distract us, diminish our intentions and move the focus away from the fact that we all have agency. These distractions divide us and the work becomes decentered. I encourage all of us to find for ourselves how we, will, how we each will fight the fight. It's a daily question and the answer will change daily. We can only do this thing together in the way that we are best able. That is like what everyone needed to hear, <laughs> like because there was so much drama and so much like shaming and hatred towards each other in the same community of people where it felt like if you said anything that was remotely something that would have been one person, it was wrong. You shouldn't have said it, not the way to do things. And there was also people who weren't say any, saying anything. And then there's like, and there's still people who haven't said anything. And that's fine because we don't know what they're doing off social media. And there's people in the industry who don't really use social media anyways. And then to shame them into posting makes it feel distant, like makes it feel ingenuine when they do. Like, it's just, there are so many different ways of doing things. And I think that the way that those tweets were phrased was the best way to say what I was feeling in the moment also, because I, I kept telling Katie, I don't know what I want to say. Like, cause you knew how I felt, like you felt it, you understood how I felt, but you and I, like, we couldn't fathom putting it into words. We couldn't figure out a way to put our feelings into words because it was just so much. Like I told you, I didn't even know what I was feeling. Like, I was like, I've never felt this before. And I hate that. Like, I hate not knowing what I'm feeling. And it was like definitely what was happening. Yeah. And I, 
like we were saying about the LA Sage Alliance, if this is something that needs to happen, it needs to happen. And obviously it needed to happen. And I'm so glad that this is what is happening. That people are recognizing and calling out abusive behavior. Unfortunately, this is just one man. We don't, we haven't, have we heard of any other producers who have, you know, been this awful but the thing is we've known scott rudin is a piece of garbage you know it can be traced back i know for me at least five years when everything that happened around shuffle along's closing happened you know there was a lawsuit and they were essentially i mean they it's not like he was suing audra mcdonald but no they were blaming kind of like the situation of her being pregnant on the reason why the show lost a lot of money because they the show decided to close after Audra left to go on maternity leave and they were yeah. using like her pregnancy as a bargaining chip not even a bargaining chip but like as a a, a piece of the game which is and as someone kind who, of dis- which is not kind of it is disgusting And as a woman who thought that she wouldn't be able to get pregnant because of her age and things like that, like, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, but that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. I, that, like, every time I hear about it, it just, it makes my skin crawl. Like, it makes- Because she was, like, in the beginning stages of menopause. Yeah. So, like, she was, like, shocked. She was, like, I, I didn't know this was going to happen. Like, how, like- Yeah. It's, it's something you cannot control. First of all, that's because women's reproductive systems are not nearly taught enough about in school. There's a lot of people yeah. I know who don't even like know everything about their own bodies. I don't. I and sure I as hell don't either. Like, it's, it, it's, it's a lot. But yeah, so it's... Yeah. It, <sighs> and she tweeted, I want to read her tweet too, because her tweet was the first one that I saw that like really got me. Like that was like... Mm-hmm. That I really and Audra is a person who who I think waited a bit to to even say anything and she, we don't know reports. why but it could potentially have something to do with the NDAs yeah so she said abuse is aberrant I never know how to say abhorrent that abhorrent 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 it's abhorrent okay so abuse is abhorrent or, and wrong shaming abuse victims to speak out about their trauma is not only wrong but can traumatize the victim even further the trauma is theirs not yours it is up to the victim and not you to decide when and if they speak about it that was something that really hit me because as someone who has a lot of trauma it's like I tell who I want to tell I make jokes about it I that's just how I cope with it but that's how I cope with it I have friends who suffer from PTSD who never talk about it except for their therapist because that's how they do it. And I, but I've never like been like, why don't you talk about it more? Why don't you like, because why would you? That's like not an okay thing to do. And I think that that was something that was really happening. And it's just, it made, like, I remember texting Katie multiple times, like, I feel like I'm really sick. Like, I felt so sick over all of this because it was, like, people weren't understanding the gravity of the situation. People weren't under, weren't able to grasp what their words were meaning to other people. Who may and not have was, felt exactly the same way. Yeah, and that's what bothered me the most. But that doesn't was, mean they're not on your side. Right, no, not at all. Like, it's just, it's, I just, I'm someone who I like to think that I 
take into account how other people will feel before I say something. I like to think that I'm that way and I think that I'm fairly good at doing that. Um, granted, I have a lot of controversial opinions that I've said on, on the internet that have gotten me in trouble. Um, not so controversial that like I'm being a terrible person or anything, but it's just, you know, my own opinions and thoughts and whatever. But it's just like the the idea of getting on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or something and saying things that are outright hurting another person without taking that into account and then shaming them for it um, is something that just like, I cannot fathom doing that. Like I could, I can't, I, I could, I just, I don't like that. <laughs> it makes me really mad. Yeah. It's everything about the situation is terrible. Yes. Um, the right way of doing things. And like, like the tweet thread, it's like, there's no, there's a bunch of right ways to do things. And so you can't say this is how you should do it because. And also, and I know this is a sentiment that has been expressed in so many words by other people, but this is something a lot of people have worked their entire lives to do is work on is to be an actor or an actress or a singer or a dancer yeah exactly they've worked their entire lives to get here Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be expected to give up everything they've worked for exactly it's change needs to happen but a lot of times change has to come from the inside Mm-hmm. sometimes you need to tear down an entire system and sometimes you need to make repairs. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people, like I've had people in my life who've asked me like, oh, does this mean that like you're not gonna like pursue continuing in the theater industry? No, not at all. This makes me want to do it even more. Like I, like now it's just like empowering me to continue doing it even more and more aggressively like I want to be someone and this is something this is a goal I've had for a really 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 long time is I want to create an agency where people can feel safe (laughs) and like can feel like they like belong there and can get paid correctly and get Mm -hmm. what they need because that's something that's always really bothered me about like how the theater industry works um and I think it's something that's really fucked up to be honest with you and I think that it's something that people have been overlooking and they just don't think about because it's like oh yeah actors complain about being like you know starving artists all the time but it's like but that's a very real thing that's a very real situation there are actors that I know of who like are currently like hosting at restaurants and like things like that because equity hasn't been doing anything for them they're expecting Mm -hmm. them to pay money now for doing what exactly like what has equity been doing for them where they would need to pay their dues they shouldn't they should not be expected to do that and I I used to want to work for equity because I thought that like that was where I could start making a change but at the same time I'm like I think it needs to be something brand new I think there needs to be a completely new thing out there and I I mean I want to start something new but it's like that's a lot of money that I don't have (laughs) to do Mm -hmm. but well and you and I have talked about you know starting a company 
you know, yeah. having our own business mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I'm sure further down the road, you and I will be able to do that. We live in a time now where truly anything is possible. Yeah. And with all of these sweeping, hopefully sweeping changes that will be coming, you know, we'll be able to create an equitable company around the arts, marketing the arts, you know, basically, because I feel like you and I both want to have like our own theater media company. I want my own like agency where like I can like support companies and actors and whatever for whatever they need. Like that's literally what I like. I want to help in whatever way they need help in. So like whether that's marketing or a publicist or whatever, that's what I want to do. And so it's like, there needs to be something like that. Like I, that's what equity should be. That's what, you know, they should be doing, but they're not. And that's just like, you're a union, but you're not doing anything for like the workers. Like that's, it's a union that does nothing. And I didn't I mean, and that's why that recently. And I hate that I didn't realize that, but there's really not much that equity does for people. Yeah. The people that need them the most, I should say. In, in relation to all of this and in relation to all of these sweeping things that have been happening. Yeah. So we, there've been so much, there has been so much happening, like regarding equity, like we were just talking about, there was a, a full, um, uh, a march that happened last week. Um, so, I mean, the March last, March last week. So that was end of April. It was April 22nd. Um, it was on my birthday. Yeah. Um, it was the main reason for that March was boycotting Scott Rudin was to get him on the no work list and things like that. So because the reason they couldn't get him on the no work list was because there was a contract with the Broadway league and equity that, oh my goodness, um, half hour call on TikTok said it in a way that made me understand it, where there was essentially contracts that, that were in place and things that made it so that like lockouts and shutdowns wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, so continue. Um, I don't remember if it was right before or right after the protest, but, um, Scott Rudin did resign from Broadway league, which Mm -hmm. was the, I just got an Amber alert on my phone. Sorry. Um, my phone started vibrating right now. Um, which is the best first step. And I mm-hmm. think that was one of the best first steps. And I think that was the best way to start my day. <laughs> like, I remember like seeing, I, that was like the first thing I saw when I woke up and I was like, this is going to be a good day. And it was a good day. I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good day. Um, so I think that the marches, because they're continuing to do them, which I think is important and it's very necessary. There's one this week, I think. Um, the, so the, there were six demands. The demand number one, shut Scott Rudin out of the Broadway League. He has resigned. Not necessarily has been shut out, but he's resigned. Um, Demand two, we want a full list of organizations that AEA is working with to help Black, Indigenous, and people of color feel safer. Demand number three, a full report on how the 2019-2020 equity dues were spent and what percentage was was spent to help conversations around diversity. Demand number four, achieve greater inclusion for trans and non-binary artists. Demand number five, 
we want visibility on how the National Council votes for policies. We also want efforts to improve diversity within the council. Demand number six, achieve greater inclusion and accessibility for deaf and disabled artists. And the second one was, I remember it was yesterday or the day before um, because um, Adrian Warren spoke at it and I watched like the live where she was talking about it. Um, well, cause there was an AEA convention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a um, lot that happened regarding that that I am not completely up to date on. Yeah, I'm not super up to date on it. Um, with school and everything, I've like been a mess. But yeah, work has been insane for me. Yeah. Um, but I am working to like once I'm done packing and like <laughs> I'm able to like sit down and like go through stuff, then I'm actually I'm gonna do it. But um as of right now, that's like pretty much all the information that's at the top of my head that I know of, but that's what's been going on. Yeah. So I think was... the best Instagram, I will say this too, the best person to follow on Instagram is um Brandon Uranowitz. Sorry, I see. Brandon uh, Uranowitz who posted uh the picture of the guy holding a sign that said Scott Rudin is a bigger piece of shit than the Magic Mike open call. Yeah. The uh, one that which we had talked about <laughs> yeah. in the last video in the last episode. Yeah. Um but Brandon full circle. has been very helpful to me in um like whenever i need information it's always on his instagram <laughs> um mm-hmm. so definitely follow him or also much been very up to date on everything so yes also the people who um the the instagram account that i found these broadway demands on it was a 50 mile run for justice protest and also follow uh, broadway advocacy coalition they're amazing Mm-hmm. And at random black girl with four L's. Yes. I also, yeah. I follow her so, too. Those are, that's where you'll find a lot of this information. Yeah. Because while Jill and I don't have all of the information, we want to tell you where to get as much as we can. Um, I've, and I, I made a post on TikTok a little bit talking about this. Um, part Going into this whole thing also, um, Karen Olivo made the decision to to leave Moulin Rouge uh, in in a way to continue working for social justice within the theater industry. And then going back to what Jill was saying earlier, it is so awful that we are at a point where the industry does not, where, where people who are a part of the industry don't feel supported enough that their industry will take care of them it is awful that we're at a point where a person feels like they have to leave their show in order to demand change and for all of this social change to happen it's definitely going to and has brought a lot of attention to the situation she was the lead in moulin rouge she had a tony nomination she had a grammy nomination you know it's 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 a lot. It really makes you wonder what Broadway will look like upon its return. Um, what else? What else has been happening in our hiatus? Come From Away started filming their uh, pro shot. I want to talk about Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> so Come From Away started like filming their pro shot. For Apple TV and I don't know why. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on. Let's talk about this first. Uh, Hold on. I need a second. <laughs> Let me let me just rant and rave about uh, well, Come I'm From like Away. I'm like trying to stop crying, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Um, Come From Away is filming their pro shot currently. I mean, it, it's probably done by now. They probably they've probably uh, got it all in the can. Uh, uh, those who may not know, Come From Away is my favorite show. I love it so much. It means so much to me. I cry for seventy of the hundred minutes every single time I see that show. It means the world to me. I've seen it six times and I love it a lot. So I remember when I was, um, when I went to see the show, I think it was like the next week, um, they announced that they were going to, they had like sold the movie rights, which I was like, mm, that's interesting. I guess we'll never see a movie because as we know, whenever they announce a movie, it never happens. It never happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, except for the In the Heights movie, which is finally happening because I am obsessed with that. Um, but so... What? In the West Side Story remake. Oh, yeah, but that's a remake. I've been waiting um, for it since I was <laughs> um, So there was a planned film adaptation. So in November of 2017, it was announced that the Mark Gordon Company would produce a feature film adaptation of the musical with Sankoff and Hine writing the screenplay and Christopher Ashley as director, which is like Christopher Ashley was the director of the stage show, Sankoff and Hine wrote the music and lyrics and the book. In an April 2019 interview, Sankoff and Hine stated that the intention was to film in Gander and cast lesser known actors with the residents of Gander as film extras, which would have been really, really cool. I would have yeah. loved that. Um, but in February, so then moving on to the live stage filming. On February 2nd, 2021, it was announced that due to COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on the film industry and the performing arts, the plans for the film adaptation were canceled in favor of producing a live film recording of the stage production with the members of the Broadway cast reprising their roles to be released in September of 2021 on the, well, that's new. We didn't have a release date before um, to be released in September of 2021 on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. It I will... think that's when it would be. I did too. Like I was like, oh, it'll probably be released on the 10th because that's the Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Saturday makes sense too. So I'm not surprised. I feel like it'll still be the Friday because I feel like they're always released on Fridays. That's fair. But maybe because it's the anniversary, it'll be released on the Saturday. Yeah. Anyway. It will be produced and financed by Entertainment One and Radical Media and filmed in May 2021 at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theater with Ashley directing and Gordon still attached as producer. Joining the producing team are Jennifer Todd, Bill Condon, and one of the stage productions producers, Junkyard Dog Productions, Sankoff Hine, John Kamen, Dave Cyrulnik, and Meredith Bennett will executive produce. The film will employ 222 people, including the members of the New York cast, crew, staff, and creative and film teams. On April 30th, 2021, Apple TV Plus acquired the film's distribution rights, which was a weird choice at first thought, but now that I've given it more thought, I'm good with it. I think it, I think it makes sense. And here, okay, so... As Katie knows, I'm a whore for Apple TV Plus. <laughs> I can't explain why. I just, I think it's such an underdog streaming service. <laughs> like, I am such a fan it of It is, because they don't market their shows. They need to, though, because they're so good. And it's crazy, though, because one of their films actually was just nominated for an Academy Award, and no one's talking about it still. Like, it's crazy. Um, so 
I have had Apple TV Plus since December of 2019 because I got a new iPad. And so I had like a free year of it, which was very exciting. And it's since been like, it keeps getting extended. For That's what people reason. keep saying. It keeps getting extended. I've never had to pay for it. <laughs> um, so I don't know why it keeps getting extended, but like right now it's set my like free thing is set to end in July. Um, and so I told my dad, I was like, it's a good thing I'm getting a new phone in a couple weeks because then we'll get a whole nother free year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I first watched the morning show. That was the first thing I watched on it. And I was like, holy shit. Why is nobody talking about Apple TV plus? Like that's that, with, um, with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer uh, Aniston. Yeah. So it's objectively speaking, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Like it is amazing. It's so, so good. Highly recommend it. Um, and then I, that was like the only show on it at that time that I was genuinely interested in. So I hadn't, I didn't watch anything else for a little bit. And then I watched Defending Jacob, which I also highly recommend. Chris Evans is like a masterclass in acting in that show. Like everyone in that show is like incredible. Like it is so, so good. Um, it's really good. Like if anyone's like a true crime fan, I think that you would really enjoy it. It's really, really, really really good for like true crime people like my sister watched it and she was obsessed um Ted Lasso is really good I haven't gotten fully into it yet but I watched the first episode and I loved it um everyone I know is like obsessed with Ted Lasso because how can you not be obsessed with the Jason Sudeikis show I'm obsessed with him like he's perfect <laughs> I um, love Jason Sudeikis honestly and then so I got very into Central Park because I'm a huge fan of Bob's Burgers yes I'm a huge fan of their new show The Great North which came out after Central Park and I love Central Park also Central Park of Broadway yes I have Josh Gad as a troubadour yes Josh Gad is in it Leslie Odom Jr um Um, Kristen Bell was yes um she should have been that was um 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 Davi Diggs plays an old rich woman no, David Diggs is a maid for the old. Oh, woman. then who's the old rich woman? Um, one second. It's, it's somebody a man, else. Wait. It's a man, but it's not David Diggs. David Diggs is the maid. Oh. Okay, sure? so I'm just gonna go through the. So it's Titus Burgess is like a whole bunch of people. David Diggs is Helen, who's the maid. Josh Gad is um, Bertie, like you said, he's a troubadour. The troubadour. Uh, Catherine Hahn is Paige Hunter, who is married to Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, Owen Tillerman. Stanley Tucci is Bitsy, oh. which obsessed with that performance, let me tell you. <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Tucci is one of my favorite people on the earth, so it's fine. Um, Love Stanley Tucci. Previously, it was Kristen Bell as Molly Tillerman, which has now been recast by, um, isn't it Emmy? I think it's Emmy, Emmy Raver. Emmy Raver. So, yeah, which I love. Um, Rory O'Malley's in it. Um, Tony Shalhoub is in it. Fred Armisen. Like, it's Andrew Rannells. Like, the cast is, it's incredible. Like, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so, like, Broadway fans, which I'm sure Broadway fans and Bob's Burgers fans tend to overlap because Bob's Burgers doesn't, like, the, the crew of Bob's Burgers does employ a good amount of um, theater actors, which I love. Um, also, a lot of just... Um, yeah, and also a lot of like comedians that I like, like like Betsy Sadaro is always on uh, Bob's Burgers. I love her. If you haven't listened, 
if you don't know who Betsy Sudaro is, like, she's great. I'm obsessed with her. She and um, another comedian, Marcy Jaro, have a podcast called A Funny Feeling, where they just talk about, like, all things ghosty and paranormal, and it is one of my favorite things. Like, I, I just, I think that it's so funny, because, like, I think that more theater people should get into stuff like Bob's Burgers, because it's, like, they're, it's musical, it's like like every show that these people create has some sort of musical element to it. Bob's Burgers has like a new song every single sh- every single episode. I have like a vinyl. I told Katie about this. I literally have a vinyl of like Bob's Burgers music. Like it's like a huge thing. I got it like Urban Outfitters like three or four years ago. Um, so I need to get an updated version, obviously, because <laughs> now there's like six new seasons <laughs> that I don't have on vinyl. Um, but yeah, Central Park has amazing songs in it. Like everything about these shows is just like so good. So absolutely watch them. They're amazing, especially Central Park. Um, and then there's also Little Voice, which I don't know why more theater fans aren't getting into this because it's Sarah Bareilles. Like it is one of the most beautiful shows I've seen. It basically is Sarah Bareilles' like career, like recreated in like a modern way. So it's like, talks about how really difficult it is for like women, especially like songwriters (laughs) to get, to break into like the industry and like all these things. And like, it definitely, like you can feel that Sarah Bareilles was like kind of writing her own life when she was creating this show. Um, And the music is amazing. Colton Colton Haynes shows up in it, which, or Colton Haynes, oh my God. I've been watching Teen Wolf. (laughs) <laughs> I fully meant Colton Ryan um <laughs> but Colton Ryan it. It. um it's got like a bunch of other theater actors I can't think of off the top of my head because it's been a minute since I've been watching it um but it's very very good um highly recommend um and <laughs> on July 16th <laughs> the show of my dreams <laughs> Schmigadoon is gonna be on Apple TV plus and I, I can't start talking about Schmigadoon because I'm going to go off on tangents. And... Well, we've talked about it on here. Yeah. Um, I want to have but a they released up. a little bit of a... Are they, they, re- they, released they haven't two, released... They released two photos. And then like an Insta reel that has like a snippet of like the title song, which I'm going to play it because it makes me smile. Okay. Play it. Every time, I, every time I think about it, it makes me smile. So let's see, Apple TV. Um, so Schmigadoon is my dream show. It's everything I've ever wanted in my entire life <laughs> as a television show. And I'm very, very, very excited about it. Um, and it's got all your phase, all your Broadway phase. Like it's got Anne Harada, Kristen Chenoweth, Aaron Tveit, Dove Cameron, Fred Armisen. He's not a Broadway fave, but he's Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming, Keegan Michael um, Key, Keegan Michael Key. And everyone knows that I love Keegan Michael Key more than I love anything. I else love Keegan Michael Key so much. Oh, I love him so much. I could talk about him for 7,000 hours and never be tired of it. I love Keegan-Michael Key. Um, 
And I highly recommend you check out the Deadline article about it because there's a couple photos of it and it looks beautiful and perfect and I'm very excited about it. And I'm very excited to get more content for it because I have been lusting after this show since January of last year when they announced that Cecily Strong was writing this freaking musical TV show with Lauren Michaels. And I was like, sign me up because that's a dream. <laughs> like Cecily Strong doing anything is a dream for me. Um, so I'm very, 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 so I think that more people should get on board with Apple TV Plus. And I think I'm going to make like a TikTok or something about this because you should very strongly about this. Um, and it's a like, objectively speaking, the most accessible streaming service because it is only $5 a month. And it's like, like, that's cheap. Like, that's like nothing. Yeah. That's like the cheapest way to watch Hulu. And you have to watch commercials with that. Apple TV, you don't. Like, it's like... <laughs> It's great. And you can download it on any like Roku or Fire Stick or whatever. Like you don't have to have Apple TV to have it on your TV. So I made a TikTok talking about the fact that Come From Away is going to be on Apple TV Plus. And somebody was like, why don't they just put it on Broadway HD? And I said, and I think this is a, and I think what I say is, <laughs> I was going to say, I think what I say is correct. <laughs> um, and it's because it does not make good business sense to put a show on that is still currently running on Broadway and has an active national tour when it can return safely, pandemic aside, to put it on a streaming service that is exclusive to Broadway fans. Those people like are not who you are trying to get to come see the show when and, theater can return. And keep in mind that's the same reason diana is going on netflix y'all weren't complaining about that were you or or hamilton going to broadway or not broadway she my god uh disney plus like yeah. you don't want it to go on a it makes sense why they put you know certain things on like the great performances uh yeah. they put those sometimes on yeah broadway hd and that makes sense for shows that have like closed shows that were like original production I mean like that's like, like that when I had Broadway HD I watched Miss Saigon and she loves me three times a week <laughs> like, yeah exactly shows like, that were closed shows I that didn't have me. tours it doesn't make sense you want more than just Broadway fans to watch this because when theater can return which will probably be around the release date yeah um because if they're planning to release it like for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, then mid that's, yeah, mid-September. De Blasio is hoping to get theater to return around Labor Day-ish. Yeah. Like, those are the people who will see it and then they'll come to New York on a vacation and they'll say, oh, we really liked Come From Away when we saw it Let's on Apple TV+. Plus. Let's go see that. It's gonna... It, having it exclusively for Broadway fans doesn't make business sense. Right. And if you are still trying to sell tickets. And I'm someone, I had Broadway HD for a while um, during like quarantine. I think I'm still in my like one year subscription to it. Probably. Um, I got it mid-March of last year. So like two weeks into quarantine or a week or so into quarantine, I got Broadway HD. And I loved it when I had it. I was like very, very excited about it. But I'm going to say this. I don't know if this is controversial or not. Broadway HD isn't that great. Yeah. There's not a lot on there. And I felt mm -hmm. like I wasn't getting my money's worth. Like, I'm like, I, I felt like I spent a lot of money. 
I think I spent a hundred dollars for a subscription. I gone into it three times. And I'm like, it's so, there's so many things on there that I'm like, I could watch this or I could just go watch She Loves Me Again. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, like the main things I was getting out of it was like Miss Saigon, um, She Loves Me. I watched Pipeline. It was, it was free on Broadway too for a while. I don't know if it still is, but I highly recommend watching Pipeline. It's a very good play. Um, Talks about uh, systemic racism in the education system. It's really great. Um, But, so I don't know if it's still free on there, but go watch it. Isn't Decent? Um, I think Indecent's on there. Indecent's on there. Um, I watched, I actually just watched that a couple weeks ago for the first time for my survey of drama class. And keep this in mind, if you are in college, a lot of um, libraries, like a lot of colleges with like strong theater programs, if at your library, on your library website, on your databases, you could have access to a lot of these pro shots through like digital theater plus and things like that because I didn't know that until literally this past semester um when I was in my survey of drama class and he was like oh go watch this and I'm like on what I don't have money and he was like literally it's on digital theater plus for free like through the school and I was like oh wish I had known that because I could have been watching like (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it has pretty much everything that's on Broadway HD and I didn't know that and so definitely check that like check with your professors and on your library's website for that so yeah so yeah apple tv plus just needs to work on its marketing yes absolutely because they hire me (laughs) at apple tv hire me because i can get the job done i am very i feel very passionately (laughs) because i genuinely think people aren't realizing this because a their marketing sucks they like don't market i truly feel like but that's about it they're marketing, they market Apple TV like they market their iPhone. So like people are going to buy this anyway. Right. Which I don't think that like they need to actually market their streaming service because the content that they put out is amazing. Like it is so well done. Like everything on there is like amazing. A lot of people are like, I only got it for Dickinson. And I'm like, okay, but you still enjoyed it. So try another thing that you see. On it. Like I like, I'm very much someone that I'm like, oh, if you like one thing on it, make me look into other things. So I think that we all just need to collectively get like a free trial at least and just like check things out before like come from Wayne Schmigadoon come out just to see if we like it because I can always guarantee you, you'll love it. <laughs> this is not an ad. It, I wish it was. I wish Apple TV was paying me to say this, but genuinely I want everyone to know how good Apple TV Plus is. It's so, so good. And I think that theater people need to stop overlooking it and stop putting, like, stop doubting it because it is, they're investing in theater. They really are. And I love it. I'm very happy about it. So highly recommend that. All exciting things. A lot of big things. We really decided to choose a month that had an insane amount of things happen in it. I want to say this too really quickly because I'm so excited about it. That West Side Story teaser. I cried for two hours. <laughs> I cried for two hours over that freaking teaser. I watched it 16 times in the span of like 20 minutes because I loved it so much. But I will say this, and I've been saying this since they cast him, Ansel Elgort is garbage. 
I've been saying it since they cast him. I never thought it was a good idea. And now all this news that's happened, even worse idea. <laughs> disgusting. But literally everyone else is a part of it. <laughs> it's perfect. I didn't realize oh. Mike Feist was playing Riff. He is, he's a Riff. <laughs> I was like, because I kept seeing him and I was like, wow, Mike Feist is featured a lot in this. <laughs> I was like, I Googled and I was like, oh, he's a Riff. I love Riff. I like, I love Riff. He's one of my favorites. I, so like growing up, because I love Romeo and Juliet. I've talked about this before. Romeo and Juliet is something that has been there throughout the course of my life in various ways. One of those ways is West Side Story, because I watched that at a very young age. And it has very much impacted my entire life. (laughs) Because West Side Story is in my top three favorite musicals ever, because I think it is so good and so beautiful and so perfect. I will not be seeing the revival. Don't ask me about the revival. I can't stand it. Um, but I I would see the revival if I had free tickets or heavily discounted tickets, but I don't think I would if I could see for five dollars or less, I would go. That's it. (laughs) That's all I would pay. Um and that's only to see like the actors that I think are really I would want to see the like the like production of it because I've heard a lot about it and I've heard what I'm intrigued by it like I'm I'm so intrigued that's the thing is like I wouldn't spend the money but if somebody said hey we have like insane discounts here go see it and I'd be like okay um but like I so like I love West Side Story butchered it (laughs) yeah um literally (laughs) took a knife and just cut shit apart um but I have been so I've been waiting for this remake for pretty much my entire life because when I was younger I didn't because when you're like five six years old watching the movie you don't think about this stuff but my dad broke it to me that the majority of that cast was white (laughs) and the ones and even the ones who were Puerto Rican were all painted the same shade of brown which uh, Rita Moreno talks about in her um, autobiography. Yes. Being paid, she's like, I'm from the island and yeah. you're painting me brown? Yeah. Okay. Um, which, yeah. So like, I found out when I was like seven or eight that I, pretty much everyone was white and I was devastated. I was heartbroken. That being said, I still stand Nellywood. I love Nellywood with all my heart because I am my father's daughter. Um, and... I just I think she's one of the most beautiful people to ever live um and talented she's amazing but rest in peace um but so like I've been waiting for this movie for so long and Tony is one of my favorite musical theater characters ever I don't know why I think it's because I had a crush on the man who played him in the original movie I think that's it but I think that he has some of the most beautiful like beautifully orchestrated pieces in the musical. I think that his songs are so stunning to listen to. And so I just like always been very attached to Tony. I, genuinely, I think that's the only reason is just the music. But um, yeah, so like when they cast Ansel Elgort, I was like, mm, not gonna see this, really pissed. And then they were like, but Rachel Zegler. And I was like, oh. Yes, please. Because I and love- the fact that they're making Doc into Valentina, played by uh, the Queen Rita Moreno. <laughs> yes. 
I'm so excited about that. I love it. And, like, and Ariana DeBose is in it. And like, as we all know, I love Ariana DeBose. <laughs> My queen, everything I love in life. Um, and the ensemble, like, even The ensemble it, is all Broadway actors. Which, and or I- musical theater actors. I posted about this on my Instagram and on my Facebook because I was like, I love posting some of this on Facebook to like basically shame a lot of my family members who like don't believe in the magic of theater and like don't understand it. Um, And so I posted and I said like, when you invest in a musical movie correctly, it's the most magical thing. I mean, I feel like the the 1961 movie did have Broadway actors like I know um mm-hmm. the guy who played Which is why it's action so like it's like it's magic that movie is pure magic yeah because like, it, it did have some of the same um Broadway or not the si- some of the actors from the Broadway production played different roles mm-hmm. in the movie yes and and like I said I was like if a musical movie is done correctly and with the correct casting it can be one of the most magical things you see. And I stand by that. I, fr- I fully believe that, which is why I think 2021 is going to be so amazing for musical theater because of In the Heights and West Side Story. In the Heights, West Side Story, Jeremy Hansen, Come From Away, Diana. I Hansen because we both know neither of us are big fans of Jeremy Hansen, but I'm excited for the movie. I'm very excited for the movie. Somebody give a musical theater hot take on Jeremy Hansen and said, had they cut that last scene, people wouldn't be as upset about it. And I'm like, you know what? That may be correct. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that last scene, yeah. that weird like reconciliation. Had you just yeah. cut it, cut that? I think it'd be like- I may better. have enjoyed it more. Here's why I'm the most excited about the movie though. Um, not to be, you know, my usual man obsessed self. Danny freaking Pino is in it. <laughs> and I love Danny Pino. <laughs> I literally, my friends and I are like so obsessed with this man. Also, is it Colton every- Ryan in it? Colton freaking Ryan's in it. <laughs> Isn't he playing Connor Murphy? Yes, but I think he should have been playing Evan Hansen, but that's a whole other conversation that we can have later because I think his Evan Hansen is amazing. I think, yeah, I think his How Evan is Hansen- Dear Evan Hansen being released. Is it being released to stream or? Honestly, I don't know theaters. if that's going to I need to look this up. Um, I think that Ben Platt is too old to be playing Evan Hansen. That's what I was just about to say. I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of us like putting Ben Platt in the movie, but I love Ben Platt dearly. Anyone who's ever met me for more than five minutes, I love Ben It's scheduled to be released theatrically on September 24th, 2021. September's going to be big. September's going to be huge. Which is also going to play into the whole um, Broadway return hopeful for it feels weird to like say september it's gonna actually happen because we were like april 15th theater's coming back april 15th 2021 and it's like oh september 9th oh january oh after january 3rd i think what was it like january 3rd it was supposed to come back and then in like october they were like january 4th and then they were like in in october they're like yeah it's extended through may 30th and now we're just we've completely ignored that that's a thing that they've ever said (laughs) it's like it's so funny but like I I could cry I've been so September actually feels real I know like I've been so emotional this weekend (laughs) 
Katie knows also, I mess. But I just the fact that it's like a tangible, like it's soon. Well, because and I sent this to you in the Broadway briefing on Friday. It said, um, also for anybody who's listening, we're recording this on May 2nd. This isn't going up until May 10th. So things might yeah. change. Excuse me. It said, uh, the headline, I think I see a glimmer. Love that in the, uh, into the woods reference broadway yeah. poised to announce september return by nway one's frank delella sources say a formal announcement is set for may 11th which will be tomorrow for those listening uh the initial plan is for some of the bigger blockbuster shows like wicked lion king hamilton which are what i had said yeah. uh, to return first most likely around labor day another source says the cast of moulin rouge was called into a zoom meeting this week and informed the show will reopen mid-september and i it's happening y'all I know that the Moulin Rouge thing to be true because some of the people I follow have been talking about it. like they're like some exciting things are happening and I'm like yeah <laughs> and also um uh six said mm-hmm. like that they like to stay tuned for an announcement I feel like six is gonna be one of the first ones to come back actually so. because it's like um, it's a small cast you can like like it's a lot easier to have you know six people on stage and, and also then- I don't imagine there being that many because when teal was on she said that like there wasn't much like dressers like Mm -hmm. i feel like everyone's on stage the entire time right like there's not really any yeah so i think yeah i think six is definitely one of the first so exciting things are happening y'all um i don't know we've been talking for two hours (laughs) yeah yeah it was a lot we were gone for a month yeah we were gone for a month yeah and Um, yeah so in the coming episodes we hope to have like some guests come on mm -hmm. i'm gonna get in contact with some people very soon um see if they want to come um but if there's anyone that you want us to have on that we could possibly get in touch with let us know on social media um and i'll see what i can do I'll see what yeah, kind of send ma- us a dm and then we'll send people a dm i'll see what kind of magic i can work sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't usually i'm pretty good about dms but yeah, yeah. we've had two guests and two we've had two has it only been two it's only been two that was like three pretty sure it's only been Why two. Do i feel like i'm losing my mind or am mind? i losing my, my grandma mind. called me the other day to congratulate me on graduating and she goes can you please hurry up and come visit me before I lose my mind and I'm like why and she goes because I think I'm going insane and I was like oh you've been going insane since I was like six but yeah <laughs> one of my favorite people on this earth but oh my god that woman's crazy also don't ask us to bring on people that we cannot tangibly get <laughs> I'm gonna say that right now please Please be like. Don't say get Ben Platt on. Don't be like Aaron Tveit. If I could get Aaron Tveit on here, he would have been on here the first episode. Come on now, like mm-hmm. don't don't listen. <laughs> we wrote on. We will. I will say this though. Katie and I are so funny. We wrote. We have like notebooks for the podcast, and we wrote. Or do you have it in your phone, or is it a notebook? I think it's on a notebook somewhere around here. I don't know where. We wrote. We like manifested those. We're like we will interview Aaron to <laughs> like, yeah, like we fully- that's a point 
he's the reason Katie and I met. So I feel like we would like, we need to get him on eventually. Absolutely. When we have a much bigger audience and like more people listen to us. But and we have more than 15 people listening. Yeah. And now that I've graduated, I'm going to be able to focus a lot more time on both of our podcasts, which is exciting. Yes. So. And also um, help, if you want to help get the word out, leave us a a review on iTunes. If this is something a lot of podcasts I listen to do, if you leave us a five-star review, um, we will read the review on the podcast. Yeah. So please shout us out on social media. Um, Obviously Instagram and TikTok are our jam. So Mm -hmm. easier to get us on there. Um, but shout us out on Instagram, TikTok, and we'll like obviously like repost and you know what. And we thank you so much if you already have before because we have had a couple of people do it. Um, so yeah, like if you're listening and you love us, which I would hope you do, because we are lovable people. We are very personable human beings. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These people have been interviewing me for jobs apparently. Don't think so, but. Uh. If you if you'd been on the receiving end of um, my Snapchats over the past month, you'd be like, she has an anxiety issue, and I'd be like, you are if correct. If you followed me on Instagram at all in the last month and a half, I've had some very public breakdowns. <laughs> Follow us on oh, as we're wrapping this up, uh, Jill, where can people find us on on uh, on the places? Um. On Instagram and TikTok, we are at Thoughts Shared Podcast. I think, yeah, yeah. that's correct. I've not been it's been a month. So long, I literally forgot. It's been a month. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow me, hi, I'm Katie. You can follow me on TikTok at Katie Fornia and on Instagram at Complete Katie. And I am at It's Jill Hayes on all social media platforms. If you want to watch me have breakdowns constantly. It's fun sometimes. Watching me cry? Sometimes interesting. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like in a completely different mood and I'm like, oh, Jill is going through it. <laughs> I'm just like tapping through like, oof. Like a few weeks ago when I had that very public breakdown of my story <laughs> about my campaigns class, my friends were all texting me and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> I've texts from so many people. And I, it's so funny though, because at that time, the algorithm was really favoring me. And I was not happy with the fact that the algorithm was favoring me at that point in time, because I had like 250 people view my story that day. Oh my God. And I, I just average like 100 to 150. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, leave us a review. Five stars. I Yeah. Mm. Also, if you want to like, you know, message us even. Like I'm always on Instagram. I'm on Instagram like eight hours of my day. So like, I'm always on there. If you want to message me, DM me for anything. I'm open to like talking and just like having conversations about literally anything, but like mostly about theater. I love having conversations about theater. So message me. Message me too. I'm, I'm always down for it. So yeah. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.